In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Scott Volker about diversifying your revenue streams. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 88. Today's episode is sponsored by Drip. Drip is the world's first e-commerce CRM and a tool that I personally use for email marketing and automation. Now, if you're ever in an e-commerce store, you need to give Drip a try, and here's why. Drip offers one-click integrations for both Shopify and Magento. There's robust segmentation, personalization, and revenue dashboards to give you an overview of how your automation emails are performing. One of my favorite features of Drip is the Visual Workflow Builder. It gives you a super easy way to build out your automation world visually and see the entire process. It lets you get started quickly, but also build very complex automation roles. It's powerful, but also easy to learn, unlike a lot of email tools that offer the same type of automation. To get a demo of Drip today, you can go head over to drip.com BOE. That's drip.com BOE. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pulesky, and I'm here today with Scott Balker. Scott is the host of the Amazing Seller Podcast, a top-ranked business show where he helps regular, everyday people start and grow their online e-commerce business. Scott is a serial entrepreneur that has built and helped others build six- and seven-figure brands online over the past 15 years. I wanted to talk with Scott today about how you can diversify your revenue streams in your e-commerce business. So, hey, Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Charles. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, awesome to have you on the show. I've uh, heard your podcast before. Very good. Um, I'll see you up there in the iTunes ranking. So it's great to finally meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Yeah. So you work with other e-commerce retailers and do you, is your main thing kind of diversifying, diversifying revenue streams or is that just one piece of what you do? Yeah, it's really, it's kind of evolved over the years, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, if we're just going to talk, well, you know, we're on an e-commerce podcast, we should probably just talk e-commerce, but you know, there's a lot more in my background that really then has kind of come full circle because now Amazon was one of our channels that we were leading with. And now we still are using it. Don't get me wrong, but we're also wanting to diversify because there's so much more competition. Um, there's not really a, a lot of ways to diversify outside of just that one channel unless you have built out a brand. So that's really where our focus is now. And part of that is diversifying not just your revenue, but your traffic sources as well and your channels that you sell on. Yeah, kind of diversifying the channels. I feel like it's a big thing now because you mm -hmm. you can create a business just on Amazon and like a very large business. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, what are the downsides to that? The downsides are, and I've seen this firsthand, not just myself, but uh, people that I've personally coached or, um, you know, have students of mine. Uh, I've seen it where they build up a, a, a business, a brand that's, that is just an Amazon business. I don't even like to really say that anymore because if someone is saying I'm building an Amazon business, I'm like, well, we really need to rethink that because it's really risky, right? Because I've seen it where, you know, you can have a million dollar business revenue, a million dollar business. And all of a sudden Amazon comes in and they get a claim against you because of, uh, infringing on a patent or, uh, or maybe you've had too many reviews. So you, that rating has to go up before they'll re-engage you. So there's, they're being suppressed. There's the, all these things that can happen. So if you're building on what I like to call rented land, you're at risk because that landlord could come in anytime and say, I'm sorry, you're doing something wrong. We're going to take you down for a week, a month, forever. Um, so it's really risky. Um, it is a great place to start, but from there, you also have to have the plan and the vision of where you can actually build this thing externally, not just on that one channel. 
Yeah, I always um I always go back to an episode. I think it was episode I don't know or twelve maybe. Um, I talked to mm-hmm. Chris McCabe, um, e-commerce Chris, and he's used to work at Amazon, and his whole business now is when you get on that Amazon um violation, you know that violation flag, he helps you basically um <laughs> you know work with Amazon and kind of get that removed and start selling again. And it's always mind blowing that there's a whole there's like literally businesses around people just helping um. People get I know. Amazon business I know. up. That's how, it's that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, it, it it is that big of a deal. And and like you said, what are the what are the downsides? Uh, like I said, like I mean, there's a guy right now I know, and this is a I, I again someone that I work with very very closely. He's got a million dollar plus business, and he does a lot of um, fulfilled by merchant. Okay, so he's not even using the FBA system. He's using fulfilled by merchant because the things that he sells. Um, they, they have to be done in a timely manner. You can't just, uh, you know, sell it and it's going to be shelf life. There's going to be, you know, um, forever. So he ships them. They're a little bit bigger too. And so they reached out to him, Amazon did, and they go, Hey, we noticed that you're selling a lot of your product and you're shipping them all yourself. We've got a new beta program that we're rolling out. That's going to basically come to your location once a day and pick up all your stuff for fulfilled by merchant. And he's like, cool, sign me up. Yeah, we'll send you a printer. We'll send you all the software, everything you need. We'll even give you, you know, a consultant, whatever. And we'll, we'll help you with that because you're doing so much volume. We want to help you even grow that even bigger. And he's like, great. He did that. And it was just a cluster, right? Like right from day one, they couldn't get the printer uh, to sync up with their software, whatever. And then finally got it to work. And then there's a couple of orders that weren't picked up because they didn't pick them up. Well, you would think that's Amazon's problem. No. They said, and he had the the dreaded little red flag up in his little inbox, and he looked at it, and they said, you're in violation of having your um, your listing suppressed and your account suspended due to you know not having the stuff shipped on a timely manner. Um, and so he called the department that he was doing the beta program with, and they go, yeah, that's another department. You're going to have to call them. And he's like, wait a minute. You should call them. And he's like, well, that's not our department. That's on them. Um, but I'm, I'm going to assure you everything will be fine. And he's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to lose sales if I'm down for a day. Right. And so anyway, long story short is he got it rectified. He got it fixed. But the, you know, the, the lesson here is, is you do not have control, even if Amazon says they're going to help you. Yeah. So that's the problem. That's the, that's the issue that people are having. So that's why I think it's so, so important to not have all your eggs in one basket. All right. Period. So if you if you're listening and you just kind of had a you know small heart attack, glad yeah. glad we did that kind of eye opener. So <laughs> now now that we've scared everyone, what should so if someone's listening and they are primary on Amazon or Amazon heavy or maybe even just starting off, what are some things you should start looking at first to say you know maybe let's like what is the process that diversifying? Well, I think diversifying. I think any. Any business, and I, again, if you're just selling a product, you're not a business really. That that's my belief, right? If you're just selling a one-off product, a widget um, of some kind, you're not really a you're not really a business in a sense because you're not a brand. You're not you're not a, a business that someone can go in and buy and buy multiple products or everything is linked together or you have content that can actually help people. Like if you've ever seen any really successful brands, they always mix in content. So they get traffic externally. They're dominating the search engines. They have an email list. They have a presence on social, like all of these different things. They're communicating with the customer. That's a brand. Like look at Bulletproof, right? Bulletproof has content to help people live a healthier life, but they also sell products, 
yeah. right? And it, it started from his story. Of, some people, of, some people you know, start how, off as a product business, right? But you can move, you can grow to a brand. Oh, just think, yeah, just what I would say, anybody that's selling a product, think about what market are you serving? Like so many people don't even understand the niche market or the niche, however you want to say it, it you know, whatever market they are, they are serving. You need to be very clear on that. And you might even want to sub niche down. So if I, I always use the example like fishing, like if you're serving the fishing market, you might want to start thinking about serving the bass fishing market and maybe drill down even deeper to the kayak bass fishing market. Right. And then you can start to serve up content to those people and help those people. You can build your email list. You can build the attention in that market. Um, so this way here, when people are looking to. Uh, you know, really get into more of a, let's just say like, they're going to try to better their skills at fishing. They're going to be seeking that information or they're going to be reviewing products and those products could be yours or they could be other people. Um, so another way to diversify is uh, the traffic is to get external traffic, right? Is to go out there and create content so you can then diversify your traffic coming into your business, but also just to have a clear focus of who you are serving, who is the market that you are serving. You need to know that if you don't know that you need to stop, you need to pause and you need to figure that out. And then you need to start to communicate or re really think about the products that are serving that market and then backfill it with content that could lead pe people in that could go, oh, this person helped me catch more fish. I want to buy their fishing lures, right? It just makes sense. So yes, if you have a product, uh, a, a product-based business right now, just start thinking about the market you're serving and what do they need to give them little small wins to have them say, oh, this is the person that I need to listen to in my market. Um, there's another girl um, that's actually been on my podcast a few times um, and uh, her name is um, Alex from Travel Fashion Girl. She has a top second highest trafficked blog in travel um, in the world. Okay. Started six years ago, seven years ago, documenting her story of backpacking across the world. Right. Like, so that's what she did. She turned that into right now. It's a seven figure business. She just launched her first physical product maybe a year ago, crushed it. Like, so the competition isn't even going to be able to touch her, but she's diversified on so many fronts now. Right. That's who you're going to compete with. If you're just going to sell, maybe you're going to sell packing cubes. Well, she's going to crush you with packing cubes because she's got the reach. She's got the email list. She's got the people come there to go, oh, I'm going on a traveling trip to Barcelona. I got to go ahead and see what kind of list of packing stuff that I need. She's got a list for that. So she's your resource. Become the resource in your market. That would be my my big you know tip for anyone. Be the resource in your market. Yeah. A common thread I hear from a lot of guests um, that come on is it's almost like instead of building um, – you know, a product business first, you're almost building a media business with that you use to sell products, basically. Um, you, it could be your product or someone else's, but everyone is, every brand basically is just becoming a media business. Um, and whether, like you said, it's content with text or videos or whatever, whatever else, but everyone's just building a, building this media business that just has products yep. attached, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and here, here's like one thing I always tell people that are getting started, especially they're like, oh, I'm getting started, but I don't want to launch a product because it's going to cost five grand to get it to market or 10 grand or 20 grand or whatever. And like, oh, I don't want to outlay that money because I'm just I'm nervous. It's not going to work. And I'm like, well, listen, just go out there and get attention in your market. You can you can monetize that just through ads on your on your site, maybe affiliate links on your site. Right. Once you get the attention and your traffic, you can do anything that you want. And here's like one little hack that I would say for anyone. If you're in, let's say that you are in the bass fishing market and you're like, I want to go out there and just start getting attention. But I don't even have my own product yet. 
Well, go out there and start taking all of the products that are in your tackle box, right? And all the ones that you're using on a daily basis and start reviewing those products on YouTube and then post them on a blog and then write a blog post about it. Now what you're going to do is you're going to start getting traffic from people that are searching for products, name brand products, maybe that people are that, that they know in the industry that is going to bring traffic over to you. And now they're going to come to you and go, this guy's showing me reviews on all these different products. But he also teaches how to catch more fish where he shares his journey of how he went on this fishing trip or this tournament that he won and how he won it. But the product side of things is still going to bring people in. And then you can monetize by using your affiliate link in your YouTube videos or your blog or wherever with those products, even though they're not your products right now. So you can have a quick diversification strategy right there over the next 52 weeks, 52 videos, one a week, one, one product, just review it every single week, even if it's not yours. That would be something I do if someone's like stuck. Do that, but you got to know your market. You got to know the market you're going into. I like that because I feel like a ton of people, the first um, kind of the first um, thing that people run into is just what content to actually, you know, build, right? Like, is it how to's? Is it this like checklist? Like, what is the content? But just the reviews, that's great, right? Because it's easy. It's people watch it. Um, you know, I watch, I have a YouTube channel I watch, um, Doug, I have to get his last name, but he literally just reviews cars and cars you'll never buy, like things that, you know, something like Bentley or something bizarre. And you can literally sit there and watch them review cars all day. And I find it fascinating. Um, and the nice part about that too, is once you have that attention, you, like you said, you can direct it to someone else's product, but you can also direct it to your own, but it allows you to test and test it very cheaply. Right. So you can make mistakes and the buyer is not, it's not so critical. Right. Cause if you have a product, and it's a flop, you know, fine, just direct them to the next product and you can just do it again versus running, you know, thousands of dollars of paid traffic and then realizing, Oh, we need to, get thousands more mm. dollars and do this again. Um, so it allows you to actually like yeah. use that for anything you want at that point. Yeah. And a great example of this is, is Alex from travel fashion girl is she did this. Okay. So after five years of producing steady content, getting, I mean, she gets over a million unique visits to her blog every single month, over 2000 impressions. I mean, just through ad networks alone, making a crap ton of money. But what she was able to do is look at her affiliate income reports through Amazon associates. And she's like, huh, I'm selling a crap ton of those and I'm only making six to 8%. What if I created my own version, a better version of that product? So what she did is she did a Facebook live announcing that she was going to create this type of product. If people wanted to pre-order, they could. And in, in one hour Facebook live and she let it, she let the replay run for like 10 days. She generated $17,000 to fund her product before she ever went. And she has proof that people are buying it because she's already got content that people have clicked on to go buy this other product, which wasn't a name brand, by the way, it was just a certain type of product. And then now all she did is switched out her links and now she's getting all that traffic to her product instantly. I, I forget what it was. It's like 20 to 35, $40,000. She's generating um, revenue wise added to her top line just from now looking at the report. Now she can keep going down the list of all these because she has the traffic, she has the attention, and she has the reporting of actual sales generated through her blog. Yeah, I love that. That's powerful. Yeah, that's yeah. powerful because then you know, right? So you're not launching yes. just a product and like hoping. You're saying this product is working. I'm just going to build a better one. Like I can just, you can build just that product basically and you know there's so many people click through. You know, like you said, you know all the affiliate reports. So you, you know all the data, right? So the risk is very low at that point versus the kind and of hope and pray. Yeah. And you, you're just switching out your links at that point to yep. all your content, yep. right? You've got content that you might have 20 different articles on, you know, whatever the product is. And then you can just go back and just take all those that are, you're pointing to an affiliate link and just use them pointing to your listing or your product page. 
Um, so I really, I really love that. And again, some people listening are like, well, yeah, but she's got all this traffic. Well, she had to start somewhere, right? But she knew the market she was going in. She just served the market with content, then started re reviewing other people's products and then started getting the data over time. But so many people give up so quick. That's the problem too, right? Well, they don't see the results. Yeah, how do you get that reach? Because I feel like that's what people do. They start generating content. They're, I don't know, like half a dozen pieces in and they just, you know, day one, there's no one listening, right? Like you start this blog and <laughs> people aren't just like looking around, you know, online for new YouTube channels, new blogs. So you have some way to promote it. And people get a little, I think people think it's going to start, you know, in the first five, 10 pieces, it'll start taking off. It doesn't, they get a little discouraged and then it all kind of fizzles out. Like, what do you do at the beginning to start get that initial traction going? Well, I think number one, you have to have the expectation that it's going to take you some work. Right. Like don't if you're if you're if you're watching a Facebook ad and you see someone driving a Lamborghini and they just did it in 30 days and that's BS. We all know it. Right. Like so just if you're going to fall into that trap, um, you come on back later after you've realized that that's not really the reality. The reality is anybody that's built any type of business has has put in the time now putting in the time of like going five years to college or four years to college or whatever. No, we're not talking that we're talking just put in like 12 months, commit to 12 months of something. I've recorded a podcast now for the over for four years. I've never missed a week. I've done three episodes per week. That's committing to that process. Wow, three is right. That is intense. Yeah, I, I know. Right from podcasting, that's an intense commitment, right there. Yeah, three episodes every single week for the past four years, and I have not missed a week. That's commitment, right? But in the beginning, I said my my initial little micro commitment was I'm going to create this for six months, and I'm going to then look at the numbers and see if it's still worth it. Right. If no one's listening at that point, then I got to reevaluate what I'm doing. Am I serving the right market, the right message, whatever. Right. So you have to give yourself this micro and I say micro six months, a year. What I would say, and this is actually something another one of my listeners did, which I think is fantastic. It's funny you say um, that, by the way, because like, mine, mine was eight months. I did the exact same thing. I said, I'm not even going to look at the analytics. I'm going to put the analytics on and I'm just going to like cover my eyes for the next eight months and just yeah. do it. And perfect. That's because if you look day one, yeah. it's really depressing. Um, Yes. Right. So yeah, like, like crickets. Yeah, like crickets. Yeah. So you have to install the analytics, but just don't even like open. Don't even like. Yeah. Don't even bother because there won't be yeah. any. Um. So yeah. sorry. I just, yeah. No, you're you. you're yeah. you're right. You're right, man. It's it's you have to get you have to put in in the the effort and you know it also it helps if you enjoy what you're doing or or the topic or the market. So I would say if you are starting and you're not really sure, find the market that you could speak to or that you could that you could enjoy the process of creating the content with someone else. Maybe you're not the content creator. Maybe, uh, maybe, and I, I actually use this example. I have a golf cart here in my community. We have like one of these souped up golf carts, right? That we drive around the community. And um, there's a whole bunch of different places that, that they build these and they sell accessories, you know, for these different parts. If I wanted to go into that market, all I would have to do is contact that guy that owns that place and say, hey, do you mind if I come in and film you guys taking a, one of the bumpers off and putting it on and then taking off the rims and doing a jack or, you know, a raise on the thing, I, maybe new rims. Like I'll just record all that stuff. I'll put it on a YouTube channel for the next year. And I know I'm going to start getting traffic. And eventually when I get traffic, then I can sell product, right? Or I can start to turn on the AdSense onto the YouTube channel, or I can, when I drive it over to the blog. Um, but I had a listener that did this exact thing. He was like, Scott, I, I, I'm hearing you talking about private labeling and like creating my own product but I don't really want to um, put out the money yet. And I'm not really sure if, the, if that's the right thing that I want to do. And he's like, but I heard you talk about posting something for every single week for a year. And I wanted to do something like that. I wanted to document the journey. I always talk about documenting the journey. So he's not an expert. Some people think they got to be an expert. He's not an expert at distilling alcohol. 
All right. So he wanted to do like the home, not kind of like home brewing, but, but more for like alcohol, like, like strong stuff. And, um, so he's like, I'm going to learn the process. And as I learn it every week, I'm going to report on what I learned and the results. He did that for 52 weeks. His goal was to have 500 subscribers on YouTube and possibly maybe make 300 bucks a month. Well, right now, um, I actually interviewed him recently as an update, but, um, 12 months later, he had 15,000 subscribers and he's making about a thousand dollars per month. That was then he's grown. I just looked about six months ago or he was on six months ago. It's been six months. He's at 24,000 subscribers now. So he's growing pretty quickly and, um, his revenue has definitely increased. And he hasn't sold one of his own products yet. He's got a little bit of merchandise that he started putting T-shirts in there. He started doing like, you know, mugs and different things like that. But he's got other like the different things that you need to distill alcohol are his affiliate links. So that's where he can generate that cash. But he committed to 52 weeks. That's the big one right there. So to me, it's like commit to it. Enjoy it. You're learning a process too. It's a skill set that you're learning that no one will ever be able to take away from you. He's learning YouTube. He's learning how to rank videos on YouTube. He's learning how to create thumbnails. He's learning how to get better at video. But his first video wasn't his best, right? But he's learned and he's gotten good. So he's, it's a skill that we're building here. And if you think about it that way, you can kind of say, well, I'm, I'm putting in the time, even though I'm not bringing in the money, I'm getting an education through this process as well. Well, cause we all probably, you know, everyone that went to college or even high school, you've taken courses that you probably walked away and said, I might've gotten nothing from this course. Like, you know, I paid thousands of dollars, you know, spent a whole semester and you kind of walked away with nothing. So when you start looking at something like that, you're like, you know, I can do a year of this. There will, there, maybe there'll be some small costs, but it's basically the price of a college course. And you'll walk away with, like you said, all these skills that even if the whole thing's a flop, you can just reuse those skills and just point them to something else. And you have them now, like you said forever and you're getting to build these skills for little to no money. So it's less than the cost of a college course. Um, and then you have yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I, I look at it like this. I mean, I've been at this now for over 20 years, brick and mortar with my wife and I own a photography business. And then, um, from there we transitioned into the online space where we started to, um, we started to sell like, digital items around the photography stuff, um, and all of that. So I really learned how to get attention locally from our brick and mortar business, how to build an email list. That was way back in the day. I was actually building it in Outlook. Um, and uh, I would just take their email address and copy it in. And then I would do a blind copy to everybody because I didn't have a Weber. I didn't have MailChimp or any of the services that we have today. And I would send an email blast out to my past customers. And then I would book our holiday sessions months in advance. But I learned the power of getting attention, creating some type of unique you know, unique thing that you offer, right? And for us in the photography space, it was my wife and I were really good with the kids because we did family photography, really good with the kids, making them feel relaxed. It was a good experience um, and a good product. Um, but I learned how to get attention offline, online, okay? Attention is everything. To me, attention is the new currency, all right? And then the other thing is, is when you can communicate with those people to build no like, and trust, over time, my podcast, I, I ran 56 episodes before I made one penny, 56 episodes. My first penny was through a mention to a tool and uh, I made my first dollar um, by that podcast, 56, right? So that's showing up 56 times before I ever, and I didn't even have an idea of how I was going to monetize. I just knew that if I got the attention, if I built goodwill through the community and built a community, then money would somewhere or somehow show up and it has. So, and that's worked in any business that I've ever created, whether it's physical product, uh, whether it's digital products, it doesn't matter. It's funny. I tell, you know, 
when I'm talking to people just starting off, um, kind of developing a product, developing even a SaaS, that sort of thing, everyone kind of wants to build it first mm -hmm. and then, you know, like figure out the strategy later. And I'm always like, that's a really bad idea. But with attention, that's the one thing that you can basically start getting attention and then figure things out later. Like you basically don't need to really, you don't need to even have a plan. You just, once you have the attention, it allows you to change plans, do different things with that. So you become so much more flexible um, versus building the product first, then you're locked into that product. And then you're coming from this like cold start of, hey, you're not even, you know, nothing's happening yet. And then, okay, I launched the product. And then you realize, okay, crickets, like you said. And like, what do you, and then, it, and then it's very, you know, you just spend six, 12, maybe even longer months building this. And now it's just like demoralizing thing of, I just launched this and no one's here. What do I do? And then you realize like, mm -hmm. this is going to be an uphill battle, but it's starting today, 12 months into it. Yeah. First, like you said, starting, you know, on day one, building the audience and then you mm -hmm. don't have the same uphill battle. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it's a tricky thing, but you're a hundred percent right. Like if you can build the attention, figure the other stuff out later, there's going to be products and services, whether it's digital, whether it's um, physical products, there's whether it's services, there's going to be things that people are going to need along the journey. Right. So you're just going to be filling in those gaps when you see fit. And, um, I wouldn't worry about any of that stuff up front. From a branding perspective, would you like, how would you actually build the brand? Should it be a personal brand or would you come up with some overall, you know, the photography experts brand with products mm -hmm. under it? Like how would you actually build, how would you structure the brand and think of it that way? Yeah. Now that I know what I know, um, I would say probably not be a personal brand unless this was your passion. Like for me, you know, Scott Volker is part of the amazing seller podcast, right? But Scott Volker can still branch out. And because I have people that follow me right through the amazing seller, I can technically go out now and, and speak on a, a certain stage because people want to hire me because of the energy I bring to the room or the, the knowledge that I bring. Right. But on the other side of it for like a brand that I'm building with the, with the thought that I'm going to possibly sell it one day. Um, I don't want to have one person be the the face in a sense. Now that one person could just be one of the faces and that you have other experts come in. So if I just, let's say that I was into the, um, the basketball arena where, and my, my son is, he's 21. So let's say that he's in, he, he's doing this, this coaching and consulting and doing one-on-one -on -one training and stuff like that, right? It's him. He's the one. But if he under his brand has other experts that can be trainers, well, now you're selling the brand, the top level brand, it's not him. It's they're a training academy or whatever. Right? Like, so I would be careful on being you, you know, having it, you be the brand because then it does handcuff you to where you can't really sell it. And if you do sell it, it, it you'll have to be attached somewhere. Um, so I would try to lean against that, um, or away from that because, um, I think it just does. You might think to yourself, I'm never going to sell there's going to come a time you might consider it. And let me just tell you something. That's another whole nother conversation. Cause, uh, you know, there's brands right now that are being built in two years selling for seven to eight figures. Um, and that's the whole purpose of building the brand. I've got someone right now in my inner circle. He's bought two brands in the past six months, one of them for about 2 million. The other one's about 12. And these are brands like people are buying these brands. Now he's buying them because they already have momentum and he's going to go ahead and try to two X them and then resell them again. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, I wouldn't, I would just be careful. Um, but just think about that. If you, if you want to be the one that's like the fisherman, like it's yours, it's like Bob Smith's, you know, excursions or whatever, um, then fine. But just understand that's hard to sell that, um, if you ever wanted to. Yeah. I always watch, um, 
great example is uh, ProfitWell. I kind of follow them in the SaaS space. Mm -hmm. um, they come mm -hmm. up with these great videos. The founder is uh, Patrick Campbell. And originally he was on like 90% of the videos, but they stat but it was always the ProfitWell videos, right? It wasn't the Patrick videos, it was the ProfitWell. Um, and then over time he started to have other folks on. And now you kind of get these newsletters and you almost never see him on anymore. There's this, you know, whole group of different folks that he has on um, that do their own reporting. And it's very, they follow the same format, but it's basically different hosts. So you get used to now five different people instead of just Patrick. Um, and I thought that was this great thing of, you know, what, he never branded it about himself, but he just, he was able to branch out because of that. Um, so I think that's totally great advice. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, look at a TV network, right? Like you have, like, I, I look at like, uh, um, I watch the Yankees. I'm a Yankee fan, right? Oh so I'm, you, a, I'm in Boston. So, Oh boy. Okay. Well, I, I thought we were going to be friends, <laughs> yeah, but now, now, uh, now we yeah. got to reconsider this. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, but you know, it's like anything like on a network, you generally have like three or four hosts. Right. But those hosts could go away eventually. But the network is the network. Right. Like so or the brand. And then they're going to fill that in with with personalities or people that they think are going to bring, um, you know, bring value to the market. And that's really what it comes down to. Like me personally, like I have people that are in the amazing seller that bring value that I don't have. They're experts. They're better at certain things. So why not bring them to the light to help? You know what I mean? My audience that yes, they trust me, but they're also trusting who I bring in. Yep. Right. And and I think if you get people used to that, then it's not like it's, it's foreign. Then if you came in and you're like, Oh, wait a minute, that's not Scott, you know, that's not Charles. Like who, who's this guy? Yeah. You'd have to intro it. You'd have to slowly work into that. But I do think it's important to do that when you can. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of, um, a lot of them do. They start off with just the founder and then they kind of branch out from there. Um, totally great method of doing it. So once you start building this audience, would you, you know, let's say you're selling on Amazon, you start building this audience, start kind of promoting and then saying, do I launch my own site? Do I try to point it at Amazon at first? Like, what do you, what is kind of the first steps with those traffic? Or would you, like you said, just go to other affiliates? Uh, like what are the kind of the roadmap look like with that? Well, I, I think the first thing that we have to set up is our home base. I call our home base. It's our website. It's our blog. It's our our store page, what like it's all under one roof, right? We're building our own piece of property on our own land, right? That that no one can really take from us. We can host it on different plans, you know, HostGator, you know, Bluehost, whatever. But we want our own house, right? We want our own piece of property, um, and we want to build our assets inside of that. Um, so that's first and foremost. So when we do, when we build this content, so let's just say we do go YouTube, we would take that YouTube video, it resides on another piece of property, but we're going to then bring that video back over as well and embed it on our blog, which YouTube likes and Google likes. And then from there, I'm going to write something about that. I'm going to write a thousand or 2000 words about what it is, have it transcribed, edit it, whatever. And now I have a piece of content that's here over on YouTube. It's here on my blog so I can get searched and found in two different places. That's like first and foremost. From there, the links that I'm pointing is going to depend on what I'm trying to do. So if I'm if I'm selling on Amazon, I want to point my my links over there as much as possible, especially if I'm trying to drive the rank up in Amazon. Amazon is based off of and, and their I mean their ranking algorithm is pretty complex, but the one thing I do know is they do want sales, right? So if we drive more sales over there and our and our listing is optimized, and basically, I mean you know, good pictures, good title, good bullets, good description, basic stuff. And, um, and if we drive our customers over there, they're probably going to convert a little bit better on Amazon because Amazon's trusted, right? So I like doing it that way. 
um, especially in the beginning, but then we can always then redirect that traffic back if Amazon says, oh, we're done with you, you can't sell anything. Well, then we'll just point them to our store page. We have that option. Um, and I, a little, little tip here is I would always use a pretty link to do that, by the way. So a pretty link is just a link that you can, uh, you can install it on a WordPress site. And what you'll do is you'll just say, um, uh, let's just say, for example, it's uh, um, fishing or um, catchmorebass.com forward slash um, uh, whatever lure, right? And so that there might go to my Amazon page right now. But if something happens, I can just go into my pretty link, change the link, and it's fired across all links that I've used that for over 10 pages, 20 pages on YouTube, wherever it's controlled in that one pretty link. Um, so that's one little tip. If you're just putting the link directly over there, you'd have to go back and change things. It'd be a mess. Um, so I would do it that at first I would definitely do that. The other little tip here I want to give people, um, I don't want to forget is, um, an email list. I would build that that's email big. list from day one. Yeah. Big like day one. I would do, I would build the, the, and a lot of people are, well, I got to wait till I get a lead magnet or I got to get, you know, till I offer, have something to offer, run a contest, like run a contest to give away the ultimate fishing kit, spend, spend $200 for products that you don't even have. Maybe one of them's yours and the rest of them are someone else's make it a $200 prize and just have that be your, your email, you know, giveaway, um, thing. Right. And then start building that list because now what we can do is we can direct that traffic and we can amplify our content. We can amplify our YouTube. We can amplify our blog post. Um, and then we can also another little, a little tip here is, um, add a Facebook pixel to your site. So this way here, we're building a custom audience. Anybody that lands on our page, we are custom pixeling them that we are building a custom audience in Facebook that if we ever want to send ads to those people, even if they opt in or not on an email, they don't have to. We are now building a list technically inside of Facebook so we can retarget those people later. Um, so those are some like major things that I think people need to do right up front. Like those are things, your home base, your email list, pixel. Like, and, and obviously I would go to YouTube and I'd start publishing video if you can. Yeah, and I like yeah. the things, building the email list, a pixel, those sort of things. You just set that foundation. And then you kind of don't think about it anymore. Like you don't need to actually do anything with the pixel. You don't need to actually do anything with the email list initially, but you just need to have them there and they will start growing. The pixel will start generating data, right? So from day one, it just builds. And the only thing you have to really focus on doing is like you said, generate that content and just whether it's, you know, once a week, three times a week, whatever that is, but just, you have to get that schedule. And then once you get consistent, then it just becomes part of what you do, right? And it's, you just know, you know, on Mondays I publish and Wednesdays I, and, you just become, that's just it. And if something, you know, if you're going to be on vacation, you know, a week ahead of time, I have to prepare for this. So there's no yep. even optionality at that point. You just do it. So I love yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I think with the email list here, here's what I would say for people. Cause they're like, I get, I get that a lot, you know, build a list. What do I send them? Well, if you're creating your content once a week, that's what you send them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Like, so it's like every Monday you create the content, every Friday you email about it done. Like just, and, and so you, you have to plan out your content. The other, other little tip here is I would say for people is to batch your content. If you can sit down, get four ideas and, and just hit those videos, like do those videos. Or it might be like every Saturday I go fishing. So every Saturday I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to shoot some video, um, of me fishing. And then that's going to be your content, whatever it is. You just got to get into that schedule and commit to it. And then, and then once you do publish the content, you want to let people know about it that are on your email list. So it kind of self feeds itself, right? It's like content allows me to know what I'm going to talk about. Um, and then from there, you just send a little email. The email doesn't have to be much. It could be like, um, uh, you know, crazy fish this weekend. And then that'd be the subject subject line. And then inside the body's gonna be like, 
hey, I went fishing this weekend with my son. We caught this amazing bass, crazy on the lure that we used. Click here if you want to watch us uh, catch this major bass or whatever. And that's it. Like, yep. that's the email. Done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty simple, but so many people complicate it. They really, truly do. They don't have to. Yeah, you're right. And that's, that's the thing. It's sim- It's kind of, um, you know, it's like going to the gym. You just need to go. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. like, what work are you going to do? Or like, there's all these other discussions, but. The hardest part is you need to just go getting well, there, getting there and just yeah. getting there every day. Right. Um, I've heard the analogy before, like brushing your teeth, you know, like if you brush your teeth once, it doesn't actually do anything, but if you brush your teeth every day for your entire life, you'll have good teeth. Like, you know, but like just saying like, I'm going to wake up Monday and brush my teeth. Like that won't actually improve your life in any way whatsoever, no. but you know, anyway, yeah. So yeah, I, I could talk about this all day. I love this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Good I, stuff. We should probably wrap it there though. I know we're both short on time. Um, but, uh, if people want to check out the podcast, kind of learn more about you, where should they do that? Yeah. Just go to the amazing seller.com. You'll find the blog there with all of our content and, and the podcast episodes. And you can just go to iTunes or any of your, uh, platforms that host the podcast. But if you go to iTunes, it'll be, um, the amazing seller, just search for it, find it, subscribe to it. If you like it, and uh, let me know if you have any questions or anything. I'm always uh, either on social or you can reach me by email, scott at theamazingseller.com. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. I'll link to that in the show notes. It was great uh, chatting, Scott. All right. Great chatting with you. Thanks a lot, Charles. I appreciate it.